Good evening, and welcome to another episode of the DFWTO Podcast. I'm your host, Casper. I'm your other host, Becky Gremlin. Here to bring you all things spooky on Wednesdays, because... Wednesdays are for podcasts. Did we, we did do a podcast last week. I'm we so did. fucked up. I'm like, when did we cancel and when did we not? We did the week before. It was the week before. before. Yes. Guys, I'm so fucking discombobulated right now. I was godly now. sick. Uh... <laughs> It's been hey, it's a year. Um, the last half of the year has really been something. It has. <laughs> Not all bad things. Many trials and just tribulations. Many Not things. All bad, but just many things. All things. Lots of Many things. things. Um, hope everybody had a really nice Christmas. Yes. We did spend a lot of time with family. Um, I hope for the ones that did... Not Southern California. You don't even count. I'm so tired of seeing people like, I'm 62. Shut up. Uh, the Anybody that survived the Arctic blast that hit us, um, that was god-awful and terrible. And I hope everybody survived and is well and healthy and okay. Um, we were fully prepared. We did not leave our house Friday. We did not leave the house. We had everything we needed. Um did you see what happened it in was Buffalo? Fucking off- Buffalo was awful. Seattle was terrible. Uh, Portland was awful. I think 45 people died in Buffalo, wasn't the it? The cars, like, oh, yeah. Well, there were a lot of people got stuck. The worst part was a lot of people got stuck in their cars and then emergency vehicles couldn't get to them. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, And the problem my was God. is that they had their heat on for <laughs> obvious reasons. Excuse me. And then the snow got so much that it covered their muffler. Yeah. And then the carbon monoxide came in the car and it killed them. It, it just, like, that's insanity to me. And not something you would think of because you're just trying to stay warm. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to get out of my, I mean, I guess you would just have to get out of your car every once in a while and make sure that the muffler is cleared, but you're not going to think of that. And the average, it's, I carry, like, an emergency kit and a bunch of different stuff in my car at all times that not a lot of people think to do. They don't, a I lot don't, of people I don't to. carry anything in their cars. I have I an just, umbrella. Um, I actually have two, but it's just like, I don't think a lot of, you know, a lot of people don't think in situations like that to have like an old blanket, an old towel, uh, you know, just, in anything and you can get those emergency kits for next to nothing but they're they're worth having i mean they really are and it's always one of these when you don't think something's going to happen and then something happens and buffalo got it worse with all that lake effect i mean it yeah. was wild there were people that was crazy houses that were like encased in ice like it wasn't even snow it was just fucking ice and i'm just like absolutely not but we got hit here, not as bad, but it was still awful. It was just the fucking cold. And it the, was the cold and the wind. And the, the road, wind. and the roads were awful. Oh, the roads. <laughs> I was, oh my God. Even on Saturday. I didn't go anywhere Friday, but I had to Saturday being Christmas Eve. We did too. And it was bad. Yeah. The, the Saturday, roads, the roads were as long really as bad. you took your time, really took your time and drove slow, you were okay. But I was all, oh, oh, yeah. I had like no normal, traction. A normal 40, because a normal, we'll say back roads, a normal 
half hour, 45 minute trip from our home to my brother-in-law's house took an hour, over an hour. I think an hour and 15 minutes. A regular 20 minute hour trip to my parents minutes. took me about 45 because the main road that we took the whole way was awful. It was mm -hmm. so bad. Like, it was literally nobody like driving had on actual ice. Anything. And it was insane. We're just like, okay. Okay. And I was so fucking bundled. I, <laughs> I had like everything. I was, oh my God, I had all the layers. Um, but yeah, we hope everybody made it and survived and stayed warm and did the best you could with what was going on and and now it's 50 it degrees bad. yeah now it's 50 degrees. now it's 50 degrees and actually warm and it's gonna be about for the next week <coughs> it's gonna be about 50 degrees it's gonna get up to 67 on tuesday oh, what because that's normal for january I'm not mad about it. I'm going to tell you right now. I'm not mad about it. I'm no, I'm not either. That we but... had and the fact that I'm moving, I'm not mad about it. I'm not either, but it's just... It's just weird. Well, I'm glad we got our flu out of the way. Because um, <laughs> <laughs> this is like prime time when everybody's getting fucking sick. So that's awesome. Well, anyway, guys, before we get started on our new spooky episode this evening about Victorian ghosties, a word from our sponsor. Calm your body down. Bing. All right, guys. So this is the last week for the sale. Um, some new announcements after the first of the year, but uh, it will be up until Saturday that the 25% off sale will still be available. Um, even if you order something on Saturday, obviously it won't ship till later, but it will still be 25% off. Everybody that took advantage of the sale, thank you so much. Um, but again, it's still ongoing um, until the end of the year. Etsy, calm your body down. Um, you don't have to put in a code or anything. Just click and um, and buy. Free shipping, of course, on everything as well. Um, and just keep checking back to the socials for some announcements after the first of the year. Um, otherwise, Etsy and Instagram, it's calm your body down. Calm your body down. Bing. All right, guys. Becky was so kind to find us this really cool article about ghost stories um, in Victorian England. So I'm sure you guys have heard the the you know the song "Scary Ghost Stories and Tales of the Glories of Christmas" is long, long ago. I've always thought that myself. I was like, why are Christmas? Why do we talk about Christmas stories? Let me try that again. Why do we talk about <laughs> ghost stories around Christmas time? Like, what you is what, meant. what is that about? So yeah, I just always that is I've I've always thought that, um, especially like, and we did a whole episode last year about uh, uh, a Christmas Carol and the different mm -hmm. variations of a Christmas Carol, and that you know definitely being uh, OG Christmas horror movie. Um, obviously not gory, but just, you know, there's, there's ghosts in it. So that right there. And it's like, there has to be what, what originated that, that time period, um, when Charles Dickens and various, uh, authors and storytellers were around, did they specifically, uh, gear towards ghost stories around a otherwise 
quote unquote jolly, happy, merry time of year. So um found this really great article that the History Channel did last December 2021 of how ghost stories became a Christmas tradition in Victorian England. Spooky stories featuring the supernatural were all the rage during the darkest time of year. This See, I'm not, fully, Yuko. I'm not fully against this either because, I mean, like, all of us horror nerds were like, ooh, ghost stories around Christmas. Probably, oh, I love it. Probably makes sense as to what the other day. <laughs> that's one of my husband's, that's turned into one of his comforts and he, Fucking same. he was not having a particularly great day and I put it on and made him breakfast and he was like, okay, I feel better. I feel Krampus does make me feel better. Better. I think what I love the most about that movie is that it doesn't end on a happy note. I'm so glad, spoiler alert, that movie came out for fucking ever ago. But anyway, it, it made me, I loved how you thought it did. And then when you realize it didn't, you're like, I loved that. Fuck. Also, I will never look at snow globes the same way again, and I love snow globes. I love them. There's a tiny family in there. <laughs> I mean, forever and always now. That's There's a tiny stuck. family, and There's they're a stuck in a Christmas loop. They're stuck. <sighs> anyway. Anyway. <laughs> Such a good movie, though. Um, so, towards the end of each year, as fireplaces are lit and hot cocoa is made... Americans have made it a tradition to revisit their favorite classic holiday books, movies, and songs. And though ghost stories may seem out of place in present-day American holiday celebrations, they were once a Christmas staple, reaching their peak of popularity in Victorian England. So that's why I'm glad it's making, like, a comeback. I was going to say, can we bring that back fully? Because I feel like we didn't... It, it was kind of few and... you Well, no, you really in the... In, the span of horror movies, even back from the time that movies were made, there really were no Christmas themed. There was nothing Christmas themed as far as horror movies around, not counting a Christmas Carol, um, until Black Christmas. Mm -hmm. Really, none that I can think of or trace back. And a Christmas then. Carol is—it's one of those that really teeter the fence. Like, is it horror? <coughs> is it thriller? Is it drama? But because it's got the paranormal in it, it kind of puts it under one of those categories. Like, with the horror element. Definitely paranormal. Drama most. with horror elements type of thing. Right, for sure. I love A Christmas Carol so fucking much. So do I. Um, So, a dark, spooky time of year. Like most long-standing cultural customs... The precise origin of telling ghost stories at the end of the year is unknown, largely because it began as an, began as an oral tradition without written records. But according to Sarah Cleto, a folklorist specializing in British literature and co-founder of the Carter Hall School of Folklore and the Fantastic, I'd like to go there. That sounds cool as shit. That's the Harry Potter shit right <laughs> or there. The right? <laughs> folklore and Fantastic. The season around winter solstice has been one of transition and change. For a very, very, very long time, the season has provoked oral stories about spooky things in many different countries and cultures all over the world. Furthermore, spooky storytelling gave people something to do during the long, dark evenings before electricity. I mean, that would be kind of fun to do. That makes a lot of sense, too. Would be kind of fun. The long midwinter nights meant folks had to stop working early, and they spent their leisure hours huddled close to the fire, said Tara Moore, an assistant professor of English at Elizabethtown College. 
author of Victorian Christmas in print and editor of the Valancourt Book of Victorian Christmas Ghost Stories. That book sounds interesting, I'm not going to lie. Plus, you didn't need to be literate to retell the local ghost story. Effects of the Industrialization Revolution It was in Victorian England that telling supernatural tales at the end of the year, specifically during the Christmas season, went from an oral tradition to a timely trend. This was in part due to the development of the steam-powered printing, printing press during the Industrial Revolution that made the written word more widely available. This gave Victorians the opportunity to commercialize and commodify existing oral ghost stories, turning them into a version they could sell. Higher literacy rates, cheaper printing costs, and more periodicals meant that editors needed to fill pages, Moore says. Around Christmas time, they figured they could convert the old storytelling tradition to a printed version. People who moved out of their towns and villages and into larger cities still wanted access to the supernatural sagas they heard around the fireplace growing up. Fortunately, Victorian authors like Elizabeth Gaskell, Margaret Oliphant, and Arthur Conan Doyle worked through the fall to cook up these stories and have them ready to print in time for Christmas, Moore says. Industrialization not only provided tools to distribute spooky stories, uncertainty during the era also fueled interest in the genre, says Brittany Warman, a folklorist specializing in Gothic literature and co-founder of the Carter Howe School of Folklore and Fantastic. Interest was driven, she says, by the rise of industrialization, the rise of science, and the looming fall of Victorian Britain as a superpower. All of these things were in people's minds and made the world seem a little bit darker and a little bit scarier. Stories find a wide-ranging audience. Telling horror-filled holiday tales continued to be a family affair in England, even when they were read rather than recited. We know from illustrations and diaries that whole families read these periodicals together, Moore says. The popularity of Victorian Christmas stories also transcended socioeconomic status, according to Moore. They were available to read everywhere from cheap publications to expensive Christmas annuals that middle-class ladies would show off on their coffee tables. Their broad audience was reflected in the stories themselves, which sometimes centered around working class characters and other times took place in haunted manor houses. I do really like Victorian manors. Same. Like all haunted and shit. These upper class settings were intended to invite readers from all classes into an idealized upper crust Christmas. The type today's fans of Downton Abbey still enjoy as entertainment. That would be me. The Charles Dickens effect. Charles Dickens' 1843 novel, or novella, A Christmas Carol has forever linked the British author with the holiday season, but his contributions to Christmas in Victorian England, including the tradition of telling and reading ghost stories, extend far beyond Jacob Marley's visit to Scrooge. In fact, Clito says that Dickens played a huge part in popularizing the genre in England. He wrote a bunch of different novellas, which several of which involved ghosts specifically, she says, and then he started editing more and more Christmas ghost stories from other people and working those into the magazines he was already editing, and that just caught like wildfire. Dickens also helped shape Christmas literature in general, Moore says, by formalizing expectations about themes like forgiveness and reunion during the holiday season. It's crazy, too, because I had no idea. I mean, I, I'm very familiar with Arthur Conan Doyle and um but really Sherlock Holmes and even um 
the Sherlock Holmes books take on an element of horror themselves. I mean, he's a <clears throat> he's essentially a detective. So, you know, there's he's investigating murders sometimes. There's different but I've I've never relegated uh Arthur Conan Doyle, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle writing any uh Christmas horror novel. So I'll have to look into that because that's really Oh, that's right. He wrote the story about the Mary Celeste, which is fucking Listen, I've gone I've gone down a rabbit hole about ghost ships. So anybody <laughs> that gets into that, that shit is because it's a real thing. I I know it's totally off Christmas stuff, but getting falling down a rabbit hole about ghost ships is pretty cool. But yeah, that would because it's interesting that you know that Charles Dickens was really the one to kind of like set the tone for Victorian Christmas stories, but that there were so many authors before and after him that basically did the same thing that didn't get as much outside popularity um well and also mentioning before like they said this was before the written press where a lot of these people that or a lot of these stories rather were just told in villages and maybe they were traced back to a certain person but if you were illiterate and couldn't read because what few things were written were written by hand if people did have books or anything mm -hmm. um you could just pass these down because you could just listen to somebody tell it and remember it you didn't necessarily have to be able to read to recite it you just knew it by memory so um but yeah that's interesting that there were so many prior to him and authors that i had never even heard of or one that had heard of but didn't know that he had done any christmas themed horror stories as well um american christmas traditions more syrupy than spooky although countless trends made their way from england to america during the victorian era the telling of ghost stories during the christmas season was not one that really caught on a christmas carol was an immediate bestseller in the united states but at the time of its publication dickens was arguably the most famous writer in the world and already wildly popular the novella's success in the U.S. likely had more to do with Dickens' existing massive fan base than it did Americans' interest in incorporating the supernatural in Christmas. I'm sure that that sounds very, very true. American Christmas scenes and stories tended to be syrupy sweet, Moore explains. There were a few American writers of the period trying to put Victorian-style Christmas ghost stories into American culture, Warman says, including Nathaniel Hawthorne and Henry James. Nathaniel Hawthorne was the one that, um, I think him and H.P. Lovecraft didn't get along. Yeah. Yeah, I okay. believe you're correct. Yeah, yes. so that that makes sense that Nathaniel Hawthorne, because he wrote similarly to H.P. Lovecraft, that he would write. So that makes sense. Um, Washington Irving made a similar of uh, Sleepy Hollow thing. Washington Irving made a similar and earlier attempt slipping the supernatural into Christmas-themed short stories published in 1819 and 1820. They actually even have a link on this website. One of the stories was The Sketchbook of Joffrey Crayon. So that's pretty cool. If anybody was, hmm. if anybody, anybody is interested in reading any of his stories, if you're a um, Sleepy Hollow fan. Warman theorizes that America's reluctance to embrace the Christmas ghost story tradition had to do, at least in part, with the country's attitudes towards things like magic and superstitions. In America, we gener generally had a bit of a resistance to the supernatural in a way that European countries didn't, she explains. 
When you came to America, you came with a fresh start. You came with a secular mindset and the idea that you were leaving the past behind. And some of those spooky superstitions were thought of being as part of the past. Another reason telling spooky stories never took off as a Christmas tradition in the United States was because it became more firmly established as a Halloween tradition thanks to the Irish and Scottish immigrants. That really impacted culture here because they brought with them a concept similar to Halloween and that became, for America, the time period for ghosts. Warman explains. That actually really makes sense, especially with Halloween being literally two months, basically two months before Christmas. You've got your time for ghosts and spooky stuff around Halloween and now you transition over into Christmas. And I think more so with the mindset of America, the European version of America, I should say, not the indigenous, indigenous America, but the Puritans coming over here. And least we forget, the Puritans were not escaping to find religious freedom. The Puritans were escaping the thought of having religious freedom, meaning that where they were coming from, people were allowed to believe in whatever they wanted and Puritans didn't like that. Um, so they wanted to go somewhere where they could basically establish people could only believe in what they wanted to believe in. So that's why the Puritans came to a new world, quote unquote. And I think what's still very much that mindset of a Puritanical culture um, and Christmas being Christ's birthday. I don't believe in that, but I'm not here to get into that the theological argument. Um, I think that Halloween being mainly for ghosts and then that transition into Christmas having nothing to do with it, I think that was kind of a puritanical kickback in a way of, okay, we're done with this. Now we can get into um, the more pure holiday before the end of the year and incorporating anything having to do with ghosts was seen as evil in a way and that was associated more with Halloween. Um, I love how they even use secular in this article so I just think that's and you know I, I mean it really 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 does make sense especially if you look if you look at it from a religious standpoint and the correlation between where Halloween is to uh where Christmas is. And I'm over here like, I just like ghosts all the time. <laughs> Give me yeah. the spookies all the time. We can we can talk about spookies anytime. I love it. Well, and I feel like too, I mean, again, like bringing up Krampus, I'm so glad that that is something that made its way, you know, that's inherently more of a European, Scandinavian um, tradition, German, what have you, tradition that made its way over here in America. And I'm so happy about that because that is another, that I feel like that's another crossover from old, ho old holiday, old Christmas traditions that have now made their way over here. I know we've read about ones before too. I think Ger uh, German, what the one about the, or what, uh, I think that's, Maybe that's Iceland. That was Iceland, I think we read about. Um, remember we read about other uh, 
horror Christmas figures that weren't Krampus. Mm -hmm. There was the old, there was those Iceland. those evil elves and the giant cat, the giant cat and like I low key wish that giant cat was real though. Same. Um. So <laughs> I just I love that there's these old world Christmas horror stories we would theme Christmas horror that are making their way over here into America. And I know Krampus was a huge one. I mean, to the point that they have Krampus parades here. We talked about the haunted Christmas, uh, haunted houses last week. And a lot of those had, Krampus. if not all of them have Krampus somewhere intertwined. Um, and I love it. I think that's great. I think it's keeping traditions like that alive. It's passing them on to, other parts of the world and um horror fans like us love it because you're getting horror all the you're getting horror in a time where most people are like well why would you want to watch any listen if you're a horror fan you want to watch horror 24 7 but mm -hmm. i think to be able to incorporate it with christmas is even better I mean, I just think there's just something special about it. Now I feel like a lot of Christmas horror movies get really hokey, but even some of the hokey ones, I know I hear people fucking bash on Silent Night, uh, Deadly Night, one and two all the time. But I fucking love those movies. I don't care how they're they're '80s hokey, which is great. I don't care if you appreciate it, you appreciate it. But um, I feel like yeah. there's just a very nostalgic feel to horror christmas movies there even is, if you didn't yeah. grow up with them because of the music when yeah. they when they incorporate those christmas songs that you grew up listening it's a traditional to. christmas songs but it's in a horror movie. right it's it's a whole it's just like hearing any of those in like black christmas 2006 like it's so and the fucking by very, the end of 1974 black christmas at the very beginning of krampus yeah when it's black, this Black Friday setting, and they're, they're playing, playing "Let It Snow." Like what the? F it's so. Oh my god! It's so fucking nostalgic. Or no? Is are they playing? It's the most it's, wonderful time of the year. I think it is. It's beginning to look a lot like it Christmas. Is, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. That's right. That's right. That's what's playing at the beginning. Of and it's so nostalgic. I would also like to say how incredibly accurate the beginning of that movie yeah. is of what. The like of what it used to look like. I've heard now it's not people online shop. I guess that's like really the thing now, even more. Well, so. it's not Black Friday. It's Black Month. And I'm sure, like at this point, you know, especially with the with COVID and whatnot, there's still people that just aren't going out in mass crowds much anymore around that time. But yeah, there's sales now way before that people are buying weeks before Black Friday that it's not even. But that was very accurate. I worked retail for many, many, many years. Many of those years at a mall, I will tell you, that's exactly what Black Friday looked like. It was just like that. There were so many times it was like that. People lost their fucking minds. It was ridiculous. Security had to be called. Parking lots. It just... <sighs> now if anybody wonders why I don't, I don't Black Friday shop, that was never a tradition. I had to work. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I always had to work a lot of them. And you saw the worst of the worst come out of people. And See, me and my mom, we had a tradition where we went out and we waited until, like, we woke up. We sluggishly got ready. And they were like, let's go see what's left. We never went out with a purpose. We always just went out to look. And that's why it was so much more fun. Because 
you're just looking and you're not going out with a purpose and trying to get somewhere at a specific time to mow someone over for a fucking shoe. Like, it's... Oh, God. Seeing on the news back in the day of, like, lines outside of Best Buy's and people literally... Would they like, stay the night? Literally would stay the night for a fucking TV. And you're just like... Didn't we just I, have Thanksgiving? I, I, I can't. Where you were supposed to be thankful <laughs> for what you had? Like, I can't. I don't... I don't... I don't the... Fact that Thanksgiving happens and then the day after is Black Friday, that mm-hmm. is America in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and don't forget where Thanksgiving came from. Okay, thank you. Coming up now, we're talking about traditions. Nope, tra- traces of the tradition. Other than a Christmas carol, there is another piece of pop culture that reflects the Victorian Christmas tradition. A single line from a song written and released by ni- in 1963... By American musician musicians, first recorded by Andy Williams. First of all, this is any of the old Christmas music is where it's at. This song, I love this song. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Lists scary ghost stories as one of the highlights of the holiday season. Which, if you even guys... when you said that, I totally forgot in the beginning when you said I'm like scary ghost stories of Christmas is long, long ago, no. and I'm like scary ghost stories is a line in one of the most popular Christmas songs. Ever. And I genuinely remembered that, like, when I was a kid, hearing that, the song, I'm like, what are they talking about scary ghost stories? That's so funny. So although it's unclear why the writers of the song Edward Pola and George Weil included the tradition, Cleto says that it's possible that the lyric is a reference to Dickens' A Christmas Carol. It's only, but it's only the one text she notes. It's such a big deal here in the U.S. and the U.K., and it's pretty much all the Americans know about Christmas ghost stories in isolation. That's awesome. Never would have put two and two together. And I freaking love that song. And it is one of the most... Scary ghost stories One of the these most popular Christmas songs. Yes. But yeah, it's... um. It is really interesting that there were, that during that time, and it really being more to do with, and I feel like that's just something that's kind of inherent in history during any time, whether it's here in the U.S. or another country, when society as a whole and the the country itself is changing because of different things going on um like them saying the victorian era of england ultimately making that shift over and now there being this mindset of things being a little more tense that gave way to more of these stories coming out and i feel like that's just something that's happened throughout culture that writers even in fiction sort of tell a lot of what's going on in real life to what they're seeing in the world just able to put um a fiction twist on it um but yeah that's really cool i've actually never these other authors that they mentioned elizabeth gaskell and margaret oliphant i've actually i've never heard of them before i hadn't either Um, so I'm trying to think of other 
what was the one that came out I've, I've been hearing really good things about the newest one that came out everybody says it's super gory oh uh violent night yeah oh i've not heard a single soul say anything bad about that yeah movie at all i'm very i want to see that very bad yeah we have not seen it yet um that's definitely on the list for sure uh probably won't see it until next christmas which is fine i'll be honest but, with you guys like we were discussing what we wanted to do for next week and usually when we first start because next week is the first wednesday of the new year um we usually like to start with the best of the 2022 and then we'll talk about upcoming movies in 2023 this has been a very hard year for both of us um real honestly the whole year um the beginning of it wasn't terrible but starting midsummer uh midsummer starting midsummer it just kind of started going downhill and continued to go downhill and not everything that happened was bad but everything that's been happening has been stressful enough to where anytime we ever want to watch a movie it's always been comfort yeah um and i think that's just anybody that's going through whether it's just a lot of stress, a lot of the anxiety, grief, changes, grieving, mourning, changes, seasonal depression, regular old depression. <laughs> um, it's you want to gravitate to the things that are the more most comforting to you. And when it comes to movies, it's been the movies that are comforting. And uh, so I haven't really watched any new movies this year. Um, I watched maybe three. <laughs> I probably watched more than that if I go back in the beginning of the year. The beginning of the year is a blur. Well, I was but... trying to think of Oh, like... Orphan came out yeah, this year. Too. And I did watch that. So what we're gonna do is next week we're gonna do what we normally do. It's just not gonna be as in depth with the twenty twenty two movies because we just haven't watched them to give them justice. Um we neither one of us have still even seen Nope. We haven't seen Terrifier Two. We haven't seen a lot of the big ones we saw halloween ends <laughs> but um we'll also get into more of uh movies coming out in 2023 as mm -hmm. well uh because we do talk about that a lot and um there are going to be some really good ones coming out next year that i that we're looking forward to that a lot of people are looking forward to um i think since we have a little bit more time and i know we've talked about them before but like we've mentioned some of them i think like some of our favorite horror Christmases, Christmas movies. Um, I would definitely say Black Christmas 74 and 2006 are on that list for sure. Um, talked about that a lot the last episode, how great those two movies are and how they can, if you really pay attention, they intertwine um, together really well. Krampus, even though that's semi-newer that movie is just so good and the acting in it and special effects and everything are so great um oh what's another one what's another one black christmas 29 or no 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 2006 <laughs> i'm trying to think of another uh, is one of my krampus. personal favorites um yeah krampus is fucking amazing um one that I haven't seen that I need to see is Red Christmas. I have heard very good things about that one. 
I've heard it's very fucked up. Oh, I didn't like it. It, 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 yeah, I don't know. It hit a level of fucked up with me that was just a little too, too much. fucked up. <laughs> um, a lot of people like it, though. It is really, I, it is really, 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 really fucked up. <laughs> I mean, I could, I could see how it, how it. Are we talking Black really... Christmas 2006 fucked up? Or are we talking like. Serbian film. No, 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 That's on a whole nother level. I don't even know where that is. You're like, that's not even on the list. No, it's not. Um, I would say, yeah, I'd say more Black Christmas 2006. Fucked up. Yeah, more on that level of fucked up. I'm just like, whoa. I am roaring at the fact that the Christmas Chronicles is listed under Christmas horror. I mean, I guess to some people. That is fucking hilarious also await further instructions that's a christmas that. movie that's a great movie we interviewed one of uh the gremlins that's a, great movie. Gremlins that's a christmas great. movie um and most definitely a christmas movie it's so good yeah uh edward scissorhands is considered a christmas movie I it don't... technically is I mean, yeah it technically, technically it technically is that movie's just too sad for me to watch you're like no i haven't watched it in so long because i'm just i can't <laughs> Um, I don't want to cry. <laughs> I forgot about P2. P2 isn't talked about a lot. And Ooh, I that movie is wild. That movie is really good. And nobody's ever talked in about it. In a good that. way. Yeah, wild in really a good, good way. Yeah, really good. Oh my god, do you remember the movie Windchill? With Emily Blunt, where she gets like trapped in a car? I don't think I ever saw that. Oh, that's a good one. I don't think I ever saw that one. We're kind of just looking at Christmas Christmas horror films. I like I said, I mentioned Silent Night, Deadly Night. It's still one of my favorites. I don't care; it always will be. It, it and it's one of my favorites too. My um. Oh, there was one that came out fired. There was one that came out last year called Silent Night that I read was really good, and it had Kira Knightley in it. There were like a whole bunch. Oh, of Oh, I wanted that was to see to be that. Really, really good. I wanted to see um, that. Yeah. Yeah, I did want to see that because I heard some really, really, really good things about that. I'm not going to lie. This movie called The Gingerbread Man looks like Thanksgiving. Oh, Lord. <laughs> I think that's actually on Tubi. It there are some. Me. Oh, my God. Search Christmas Horror on Tubi. And is it Better Watch Out? Wow. What, fall down that rabbit hole. I think it is. Better Watch Out's really good. Um, and all the, no, all the creatures were stirring. Is there's really a good. German. What's that? What's that German one about? Oh God, the lodge. That's... No, no, that wasn't German. It's another one that was on Tubi that was really fucking good. Do you and remember it was, the plot? It was Santa Claus is an ancient demon that they thaw out from a permafrost in this like small German. T I think it's in Germany, and. The elves were evil, and this these kids have to save because the elves were kidnapping the kids to for Santa to eat, and the kids have to save. Like, wasn't that? The oh one my god, that elves? was so fucking good. No. Oh wait, no, that was a series, and that wasn't that wasn't good. Randomly found it on. Uh, I don't think I've seen what you're talking at about. all, and and it was really, it was really 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 good. It was really good. Um. Like, of course I can't fucking remember what it's called. Uh, 
but yeah, I'm thinking for movies like that that don't, you know, <laughs> this did not help at all. <laughs> You're like, you know, this was not helpful. It's bringing up Krampus, and I'm just like, yeah, I know. Like, that's not what I'm looking for. I mean, anyway. in all reality, though, if we got down to it, the best Christmas horror movie is Krampus. It really is. It is so fucking. It really, really the is. The cast is fire. It's just the plot is fire. It really is. It's it just really fire. Is. Oh, okay. It's called Rare Exports. Oh, that movie. Rare that Exports is really is fucking great. good. Mm -hmm. Rare Exports is really, 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 really good. I could not recommend that more. It should still be on Tubi. Um, yeah, that movie is fucking great and just so out of the norm of like christmas horror movies like it went there i mean like really ancient and just it was weird and just did not even seem like a christmas movie at all but it just it worked and it was good um but yeah definitely by far i would say krampus out of out of any of them you know any of the ones that have come out since or come out before then i just think krampus really nailed it i mean from top to bottom everything about it was so good and i really love you know watching it again um every time i watch it and realize that at the heart of what the movie was really about was the spirit of christmas and not letting go you know like when the grandmother tells that heartbreaking story of her village in germany during the war and or after the war and people are starving and it's just so horrible and you're living in this war-torn village it's been bombed out people are starving they have nothing left um and you just completely lose all hope and that's when krampus decides to come so then that's stuck with you your whole entire life of not letting go really just not letting go of hope because of what can happen to you like how easy evil and hatred can take over when you give up hope and i i just i loved the heart of the story i really really did i really love that at the very heart of it if you really listen to the grandmother's story it's so heartbreaking um and really what the movie's about and why it didn't end on a good note you know this kid saying i just wanted things to be back the way they were and it's like well they will be forever because that's your blessing and your curse for not you know I, it's just i can't i i i don't i feel like if krampus isn't number one on everybody's list of the best Christmas horror films. I, I don't know. I just don't see how there's any of them that top it. It's so fucking good. Like you said, the cat the cast is brilliant. I watch it every year and I forget Tony Collette's in it every year. I forget Adam Scott's in it. It's so funny. And they just don't look Especially married. now that I have my husband. They don't look the, married to my me, husband's though. in the parks and recs solely because of Ron Stand Swanson. Stand in the place for you. Listen. My husband is a lot of Ron Swanson. He's like if Ron Swanson, Swanson and April had a baby, that would be me. Yes. Yes. 100%. So me. now that now that I've gotten him into Parks and Rec and I watch Krampus, I'm like, oh, fucking Adam Scott. Adam Scott. Every time. He just reminds reason, me of my brother-in-law so, like, so much. Listen. He is, he is mad. So fucking true. <laughs> oh my god. And I love Adam Scott. 
I do too. I do. I love him. I love when they when they steal his letter and the girl, the sister, the his cousins. Just the line where he goes, goes, screw you, dad does not wish we were boys. I'm like, hilarious. I also love that that's David uh, Ketchner. Ketchner, I'm butchering his last name, but um, from The Office, and he's been in everything, Anchorman. He's fucking hilarious in that movie. I love how the family is super dysfunctional, too, just like every other family. Like the whole family. Everybody. Like the whole, just everybody. Everybody's dysfunctional. Like, it's just normal family. But it's really good. It's mm-hmm. really, I just, yeah. And the special, again, like I said, the special effects are fucking incredible. And it's actually the only Krampus movie where Krampus actually looks really good. Like, no offense. So, to, I said good. offense. Fancy. No offense. So to good. A Christmas so story. Good. No, oh, a Christmas, a Christmas horse. horror story. Oh, and God. then like yeah, these other Krampus movies, he looks—he literally looks like the demon in Annabelle. Like it's—it's it's so fucking stupid. They, yeah, he looks really fucking they give good. Him Rams and Krampus in a six pack. Like I don't understand. I don't. I in all of those Krampus and like movies, they do. It's so I'm like, weird. It's very weird. Like in Krampus, that Krampus. Looks like the folklore Krampus, and he has like, that's what he, he has looks hooves like. for feet, but not like they look like fawns. They make them look those his look, look like, like fucking fawns. moose Clydesdale, right? <laughs> like big ass fucking like that's yeah no they yeah they they those ones are weird. They do I'm they give them these man. like little sheep's horns and a six pack. It's very strange. I'm. The six-pack throws me off. There's so many. There's one, like, I literally saw it on the cover. Like, when you click, like, when you're searching through, more than likely one of the 2B ones. And there was at least three or four of co- of the covers where I saw I'm like, why does he have a six-pack? What? I am telling Who you. Who is doing? This is weird. Y'all are weird. Who's ever doing that is fucking weird. A creature can d- design can make or break a film. It really fucking Especially can. with someone that loves my husband. Loves monster movies. If it's got a monster or a creature in it, boom, turn it on. It doesn't matter. That's all he needs to hear. If there's a monster, there's a creature, boom, turn the fucking movie on. Alien, whatever, turn the movie on. He loves them. Loves them. If the first look of that creature or that monster, whatever, looks like bukaka, he's done. If it looks like shit, <laughs> complete and total crap, bull crap. He's done. He's done with the whole fucking movie. He's like, nope, turn it off. That's why you do Because things. why are you gonna... I mean, that's the whole point. That's the whole point. It's a monster movie. It's a creature movie. So the whole point is that that creature reveal better be fucking good. Even if you see it one time. Even if it's Glimpses. like a Jaws. Glimpses. Even if it's like a Jaws, you only see it pop out of the water a couple times. You better fucking nail it. Otherwise, the movie's done. Like, nobody's watching the rest of that. The Ritual nailed it. Blair Witch Project 2014, no. The Ritual is... That creature is fucking dope as hell. So good. Did you know that that was actually Loki? Really? Yeah. I didn't know that until later Mm -hmm. that that was actually Loki. Or no. 
No, it's the son of Loki. The Norwegian. It's not. It's the son of Loki. The son of Loki. I apologize. No, you're fine. No, it's the son of Loki. No, I was like, I said that wrong. But it is no. It's the creature in the ritual is the son. And that's another one that's got a. When it starts fucking with their head, and that guy's remembering what happened. They're all they all have that memory of what happened to that other friend. And he keeps flashing back. They're like, "What? That the creature fuck? is absolutely fucking incredible." Yeah, the creature, the whole movie. But yeah, if if you again, like if you find somebody that's a big fan of a particular genre, and the main part of that genre is fucked up, like no, and he loves my husband's one of them. Don't make a creature movie or a monster movie and you fuck up that monster because he will be your worst critic. <laughs> he will he will be your worst fucking critic ever. He will nitpick the hell. But I mean, that's I feel like that just that should come with the territory if you make that type of movie because that's the whole point. That's the whole point. And I mean, we've seen probably every goddamn we we're always a sucker for Bigfoot movies. I don't care what it is. We're God, always God, I've seen so many movies. fucking Bigfoot movies. But, and 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 some horrible goddamn ones too. The one I got scared of. I don't care how many Listen, you were a child. Abominable. There's so many, but there's here's the thing though. I don't care how many you make, you can still nail that book that Bigfoot the right way. Mm -hmm. Like you can still do it right. And make it scary. I mean, hell, do a Bigfoot movie where you never see it. That's fucking terrifying. Willow Creek. <laughs> you, and but or like that where you get a Willow glimpse. Creek is really the best one though. I don't know how they can that. Do any what is it like? Ten or fifteen minute don't... scene where they're just in the tent. The anticipation in that scene is so overwhelming. Made me think about Blair Witch Project. Yeah, I, I mean, love for Blair sure. Witch Project. It I really swear. made me think about the Blair Witch Project. So, Project. guys, I just want to say, like, so, you know me, how I have a Blair Witch bathroom? Okay, My so girlfriend's going to let me keep the, the Blair Witch bathroom. I was hoping so, because that fucking shower curtain is amazing. Right? So, we're going to... I still... mean, the whole bathroom itself, but, like, the shower curtain is the... Yeah, you, you've got the shower curtain, and then you can work around... Everything works around yes. the shower curtain. So we're definitely going to paint the walls a dark blue. And it'll look really nice with the yes. pictures and the symbols. Because yes. I asked her, I was like, I really hate to ask this. but I And I'm like, I know you've never seen it because she's still never seen it. But I'm like, can we keep the Blair Witch stuff in the bathroom? And she's like, yeah. That should be a movie we all watch together. Mm-hmm. I think she'd like it. Because my husband probably hasn't seen it since it came out. I watch it probably three or four times a year, but that's whatever. Same. <laughs> oh my God. Whatever. And I don't care. I don't care. Sometimes I just I throw it on. I've yeah, I've done it when I'm working. Look, I just put. It. I even and I, lo I love when I, I forget care. the volume and I hear. Yeah! And I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> you know how many? I'm like, oh my volume. It gets to that part. <laughs> we're all in there so they're screaming for him because he's gone and I'm just like oh my god I forgot I fucking laughed because most of the movie's pretty quiet most of until it, yeah. then and you're like oh Jesus like she screams Josh's name so fucking loud it probably busted a camera mic and why am I still at the end of the movie like when she sees Mike in the basement and then she gets knocked from behind the camp why am I still trying to like look at the screen to see if I see something and I know I'm waiting for something to happen. 
Like something's gonna walk in front of the It's like, bitch, you saw this in the theater and nothing happened. Like nothing's going to happen. Like stop doing Stop trying to make it happen. (laughs) It's not going to happen. (laughs) Fucking hilarious. The movie's so good. Alright, guys. Well, we hope you enjoyed. We hope you had a good Christmas. We hope you watched all the spoopy Christmas stuffs out there. And next week. Like Casper said, we will be talking about um, some of the great... We'll probably narrow it down to about a top 10 of uh, best of 2022 that came out, even if we didn't see them. Um, And then uh, what we have to look forward to for the upcoming year. Uh, We were talking about Insidious 5. Really fucking looking forward to it. Scream 6. Ooh, that teaser trailer looked wild. You know, <laughs> I was really leery with Nev not coming in, and I'm gonna. Same. S- I'm still I'm st- really leery. Mm-hmm. But the one thing that's got me really interested is Kirby. I think that's why I'm actually excited about this one because Kirby's coming back. But we'll get into that next week. But um, and then Jenna Ortega fucking blowing the hell up right now. It's so funny to me how people. How someone will just be in a horror film and then they blow up for months. Like Florence Pugh. All of a sudden Florence Pugh was in fucking everything. Mm-hmm. She's still all of a sudden in fucking everything. And now it's Jenna Ortega. And all these kids, these boys that are like 12 and 13 years old with big crushes on her. I think it's the most adorable thing. And it warms my soul. It's very cute. It is. Because I was like, man, you know, I remember being that age and crushing on, you know... Who was it? Donna from that 70s show, which let's be real, I still am. <laughs> that never went away. I mean, Laura Prepon's crush never went I away. Mean, she just got hotter in Orange is the New Black. I was like, well, okay then. That was like the one time I was accepting of a redhead dying their hair. Because I saw was the when trailer. she dyed hers black, I was like, I saw the trailer and I was okay. like, Ma'am, <laughs> I didn't need you to be that loud. <laughs> that Ma'am. was yeah, because normally I'm like, if a redhead dyes their hair, I'm I don't like it either. Flipping out, but she looks really good and, as a, uh, with black hair. But anyway, moving on. So you guys, oh, um, she looks incredible with black hair. So yeah, next week we will be best of 2022. Looking forward to 2023. Uh, you know all of our socials. We have Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all at DFWTO Podcast, handle DFWTO8811. If you have any questions, concerns, or want to say hey, please email us at DFWTO8493 at gmail.com. Also, please give us a follow and subscribe on iTunes, Podbean, Google Podcast, and Spotify. Please leave a review, tell us hey, you know, and you'll always know when we put out new episodes and also make sure to check the link tree that i post every single week with the podcast episode and go check out the merch Uh, i know we keep saying there's going to be a sale i'm sorry guys i'm literally in the process of moving i just bought a house it's it's we'll have one after the first of the year yes it'll happen we'll set one up after the first of the year it'll be a new year sale that'll be a good time a lot of stuff will be on sale after the new year so so we will get to that. Uh, make sure to check out our merch anyways. Um, and then, obviously, next time we see you guys, <laughs> see you next year. <laughs> My 
dad's favorite joke. I think that's just an all-around America thing. It's an American... I don't want to say American dad because it's an actual show, but... It I really is an American dad's, dad. <laughs> it's a dad's in America's favorite. I think it's just all dads in this country. It's their Oh, see joke. you next year. It's collectively their joke. So guys, we'll Never see you next told. year. <laughs> <laughs> no, but for real, if you guys go out on New Year's, please be safe out there. Enjoy it. Just be an old fogey like me and fall asleep and then wake up like at 12.05 and kiss kiss my husband and happy new year and then we go to bed last year sometimes we have sex and then go to bed but usually just go to bed <laughs> it'll depend it just depends because this week <laughs> or this week because funny enough new year's eve is mine and alex's one year anniversary like so ringing in the new year with some booty no so i mean <laughs> yeah why not why it doesn't yeah. matter listen i don't care if you've been together 50 years or one year. That's the best way to ring in the goddamn year. Ring in the new year with your booty. With your booty. <laughs> Let me see that booty work. Booty work. Boo -boo 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 booty work. <laughs> but yeah, so um, I think we're just going to go out and have a nice dinner for our one year and then just hang out at home because we are homebodies and we don't like to go out, especially on New Year's. No, thank you. Yes. We can go to the fucking Only gas station and get two crazy. bottles of wine for the price that we would pay for one drink. <laughs> so no thank you. But anyway, you guys have a safe and happy New Year's and we will definitely see you next Wednesday. And remember, don't, don't fuck, fuck with, with the, the original. original. Okay, bye. Oh. <laughs> I'm leaving it. <laughs>